Hello, my friends in CTE. Welcome to another episode of the Global CTE Podcast. I am Sylvester Chisholm. I have my wonderful co-host here, Amy Boskin. And we had an amazing weekend in Austin, Texas, right? We did. Um, it was awesome. Like just engaging with the CTE community as well as presenting at the best practices in CTE. Uh, I mean, just hats off to to the, the organizers, um, you know, ACTE and NLCTE. NCLA, yeah. NCLA, excuse me, NCLA, um, outstanding conference, so many learnings. Um, I don't know. What do you want to talk about first? Let's just recap it. What do you want to talk about first? Yeah, so it was a great conference. And I think, you know, for somebody I've never been to Austin. So really getting to see that it is a cultural Mecca. And so for mm -hmm. global CTE, I just think seeing the diversity there, um, Austin city limits was going to be the weekend, you know, we left, yeah. um, on Friday. And so, um, you know, the first thing I want to talk about is just, um, heard, you know, many people know Mark Perna in the CTE world. Mm -hmm. He's a, um, a, you know, a CTE guru and has a podcast on Forbes and he was talking about the great resignation. And so, the great resignation at all or um you know from the from the workforce because i know we're definitely hearing about it and we're struggling to staff classrooms and specifically cte educators yeah no i i mean what you just said with um that is a real thing every place you go to right now like what mark was saying the great resignation people are on the sidelines right now uh every restaurant you go to totally. hiring, um bus drivers in the school districts like so it's, it's making an impact on our family right now like my son he's 14 in high school he plays soccer and there are no buses there are no buses for for the soccer team so the parents everyone we're all bus drivers and carpooling yes you are so i mean but it's 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 really something um and just think about the equity equity divide for some families that don't have transportation or yes. you know don't have the ability to take their kids their kids just get left out and so yeah. you know he was it was interesting he's talking about how we just need to stop talking about college and career we just need to talk about career period and that mm -hmm. really resonated with me in the sense that career is the end goal a yeah. career is a lifelong commitment a pathway that you are going to go down and college may or may not be the way you get there. And so, you know, when he said it, we just need to talk about career period. I thought that was really. Yeah, and especially, especially for our, our students now, our students now that are in middle school and high school planning for uh, post-secondary success, whether that is college or getting to the career. If you're saying like the career is the end game, there's so many things now the way work is going digital the way um it's going global in, totally. in its in its reach it's going uh gig economy all of these things are impacting people on the sidelines and i think like coming out of the pandemic talking to a lot of my industry friends um entrepreneurs who are hiring it's there's a lot of competition for talent at well, all levels. So, okay. So also the Washington Post just had an article about how we've sensationalized college and how, okay. you know, in the 1950s that, you know, kids, not everybody was going to college and that was okay. And now, 
you know, we've created a lot of pressure because of these, you know, upper tier schools are really trying hard to compete. And you see some, some ethical and some unethical things that schools are doing and, and that families are doing to get their kids in when in fact, like by talking about college, you are, and Mark Prentice said this, by talking about college in the title, we're already saying there's only one way. And he's right. We just need to be talking about career. What, what career are you going to do? What are you going to do that you're passionate about? And, you know, and how do you, how do you help students identify that? You, you ask them about technical competencies, professional skills, and academic knowledge. So I thought that was, his talk was very good. And, and he's doing some of the same work we're doing with career pathways and competencies, which was nice to hear that we're in the same space. Yeah. I mean, I think we can't get enough of it, right? No. We can't get enough like if we're if ultimately we're trying to expose our students to as many examples of of career success as early and as frequently and as hands-on as possible um you know salute to 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 mark for working on, on doing that important work and everyone else who's who's doing that in their classrooms or being creative by bringing sure. in their friends or family members as guest speakers to talk to their students or um, you know, working with the local community to, to expose their students to that. But I will say something. I heard something, too, in terms of that career thing. Um, I was watching CNBC and I saw um, a, a gentleman spoke about white collar privilege. Yes. That has uh -huh. made it that has made white collar privilege that has made it into the working class. Um, system of work or style of work in the sense mm -hmm. of this right like when you think white collar privilege of working executives the yes. goal is more is more results driven right like if you have a, a big meeting today on the schedule you guys negotiate and sign a contract and that took two or three hours the work for the day that was the most important work you could have done for the day and it's not based on like control of your time but it's 100 percent so that, that yeah go ahead you know I, I, let me just finish this point that sort of privilege has not historically was not provided to the um the warehouse worker the construction Never. worker now those people don't have to take those jobs like that that control their time so much if you have a car or if you have Wi-Fi at home, you can work a customer service job from the house, answer calls. When you decide to do it, you can drive for DoorDash. And if your number is car, yeah. $120 a day, $150 a day, once you hit that and it took you four hours or six hours or three yes. hours to do it, then you can log off and go to your kids' games and you know go get your hair cut or get your nails done things that have been historically white collar job privilege that has now made it into the blue collar style of, you know, the workforce in that Absolutely. way, which creates challenges for attracting people to, to jobs where we really need someone to be here for eight hour shift, five hour shift, you know, it's, I agree. That's, that's so the other person that I heard talk to um, is Rachel Mann and some of you may know her. She wrote the Martians in your classroom and she just launched a new book about career and technical student organizations, CTSOs. Her opening speech was about preparing for impact and talking about who our students are, you know, in our classrooms. So, they, you know, they're born from, you know, 1996 to 2015. We have different names for them. Gen Z, I generation, digital natives. Ultimately though, um, 
they're very realistic and they have the psychographic that says flexibility is more important. And so, you know, I think that the white collar traditional job that says you have to be this hours for this, that isn't necessarily the case. And so we're going to really have to help our companies and our organizations meet our students where they're at because they are very efficient. And she also said something interesting that they're they're fact checkers. So it goes back to this idea of, you know, interdisciplinary global competency and that idea that when we create interdisciplinary modules, we're not giving students all the answers. We're just telling them this is how you can put these together. You tell us what are the answers. And so, you know, that idea that if you're a teacher and yeah. you say something out here, they're going to fact check that for you right now and say that's not true. And that makes the role of the teacher very different. So how do we and, help prepare teachers for that? And I think in the sav the savvy, that's a great point that you made and that Rachel made in terms of that, uh, that fact checking. Uh, I can Google this. There was a slide in our presentation, yes. um, you know, doing the best practices conference where we talked about that. And the savvy teachers are incorporating that into instruction by making it part of the journey of learning in, instead of you just being the main facilitator and listen and lecture hey you your group research this and bring it back to the group and we teach ourselves the one who does the teaching um receives the learning as a, a wise person once said I heard yeah <laughs> and that idea of like learning in the moment yeah yeah you said you said that in our present in our presentation um you know when we talked at best practice. oh about our presentation yeah you said you said that i was like i like how you said that you're like <laughs> the, one the teaching receives the learning we just wanted to give you some updates and some insights on what we saw at the conference for best practices in act again hats off to the organizers we really enjoyed the presentations from mark perna rachel mann uh, and we had a great time presenting as well. If you like more information on how you can connect with Global CTE Interdisciplinary Curriculum, visit workwithglobalcte.com and we will talk to you soon. See you on the next episode. Remember, you don't have to be great to get started, but you have to get started to be great. Peace.